Thank you for your prayers. Next stop, mortuary school. That's eventually going to be my stop too, but on the other, but on the other side. So, thank you. We're going to need that. Absolutely. Uh, love Major Upshaw and Gabby Gibson. Okay. Um, we have several things going today. Of course, Happy Father's Day to all the guys. Yay! I'm I'm one of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are going to do an offering in a minute, and right after that, we're going to do a love offering for Brother Gary and his lovely wife, Paula, and they will appreciate that, I'm sure. Um, next Sunday morning and the second, we have a gentleman coming that he's preached here before. They say he's preached here before. I don't remember, but his name is Rick Freeman. He's going to cover next Sunday morning and the second. And then, of course, on the ninth, we will have our Pastor Marcus here. So... Um, Absolutely. Nobody's any happier about that than the guys on the board and the pulpit committee, believe me. <laughs> so uh, tonight, what we're doing is a praise and worship service with testimony. And we would love for you guys to come and sing and praise with us. And, and I know that everybody here has at least a short testimony that you can stand up and say if you want to. You don't have to, but it's, it's, it's going to be open. And uh, we'll carry the mic around if you want it, and you just stand up and holler out. Um, the 25th and the 2nd, on those Sunday nights, we have a very special speaker. And you guys are going to love it. I promise you, I've heard him speak before. Brother Jonathan is going to speak, and he, is, he, will, he will bless your heart, believe me. So you want to know who he is? Jonathan McLemore. Stand up, Jonathan. That's, that's Kim's son. I've heard him. He's good. Come and listen. He'll change your life, I promise you. Um, the announcements. And I'm, I'm going to read them today, you guys. You see, okay. Um, Sunday, we have, at 1030, we have uh, church. It says LGAG kids, but then it says Sunday, 1030. That's church. Okay. Wednesday at 7, we have youth. Um, July 15th at 830 a.m. in the fellowship hall. We're going to have another men's breakfast. We had one this week. We had bacon and sausage and sausage gravy and biscuits and, and uh, scrambled eggs and coffee and orange juice. So if you didn't come, like I said the other day, you missed a free breakfast. Come and get it. Uh, July 1st at 8.30 in the Fellowship Hall. That's our normal Bible study day. That's a Saturday. Come for that. June 20th at 6. Heart to heart. Six, this is 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Speakers are Lori Franks and Terry Bean. And on the 24th at noon, we have prime timers. It's going to be here, potluck, games in the Fellowship Hall. Um, Got another announcement here. Actually, it's just a reminder. The table's filling up. We're going to pack the pantry for the pastor. You can bring anything that you think they'll eat. They got three hungry girls. And so let's fill it up to the top. And thank the Lord for that. Amen. Thank you. Um, 
Let me grab my bag and we'll do uh, offering. First one, and I'll be right back. You other guys, come on. Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day. We thank you for what it means to each and every one of us. We thank you, Lord, for the fellowship. We pray that you'll keep us safe and keep us well, Heavenly Father, that we'll walk in your will, and that we will kneel in your presence every day of our life. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to worship you with our tithe and offering and ask that you will bless it to your church, to your kingdom, to your people, Heavenly Father. In Christ's precious name, amen. Okay, I know you guys thought, well, that's all of me today, but here I am, I'm back. This is to be sure that you guys understand that this is a special offering. It's a love offering for Brother Gary and his wife. Um, some of you might not know as much about him as we do on the board and the public committee, but he has been more than a big help to us in all that we've done and his encouragement, his messages, um, especially all the prayers that he's provided for us over the over the last several months so i just want to publicly say that i really appreciate everything that you guys have done for us your your faithfulness to come and support us in our time of need and and to stick with us and to see us through this and we're nearly at the end there's there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a drain <laughs> all right Okay, so you, you guys keep in mind, and that's what this is going to be for, okay? Lord, we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for Brother Gary and Sister Paula, for the things that they've done for us, the things they mean, their encouragement, for all the words that they've spoken kindness to us, and for all the prayers that they've shared on our behalf with God. And we're thankful for His willing to serve God and to serve us when we needed Him most, Heavenly Father. We just pray, Lord, that you will bless him and his wife and all that they do. Bless them and, and prosper them, Heavenly Father, in their life and in their work, Lord. In Christ's precious name, amen.
just want to thank you for your presence in this house this morning, God. Father, we thank you that Pastor Gary and Sister Paula came and endured with us these last few months, God. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do in this service this morning, God. We praise you in anticipation in Jesus' name. Amen. When it looks like I'm surrounded by the end And it feels like hope is far
above every name, Lord of all. Worthy to be magnified, worthy to be glorified, worthy to be exalted. We declare your goodness, Lord. We declare your sovereignty, Lord. We declare your majesty, Lord. We declare your perfection. God without fault, God without flaw, God without failure. Greater than, worthy of. Bless your name. Bless your name. We just sung this phrase, and I want to ask you, you, you sung it, and I'm going to ask you now if you believe it. And that is, do you believe that your God, His name, is above every name? Would you testify to that? Hold up your hand. Keep your hand up and look around because I want 100%. And I'd like 100%. If you, now, don't hold up your hand if you don't believe He's greater than any name. So if your hand's not held up, you're just saying to me and everybody around you, I don't believe His name is above every name. I'm holding up my hand because I believe. See, I sang it, and I'm going to declare, I believe it. Can you say amen? God bless you. You can put down your hand. Now, when we say that at first, if you're like me, the first names that come to my mind are names like Buddha, Muhammad, uh, names of maybe other religions. But there's other names that you need to know that his name is greater than cancer, heart disease, because that's a name. He, he is greater than depression, fear, worry. Are you with me? His name is above every name. I, I, I love a story in Mark, and Lord laid it on my heart this morning while I was driving over, because I, th I think, okay, God, how could, what thought do you want me to share with the people entering into prayer? Because we're about to go to prayer. And in Mark chapter 3, Jesus is in a synagogue. If you will, it says, and he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a weathered hand. So they watched him closely whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might bring accusation against him. Now, I love that story and look at it from a different perspective. The people that were watching Jesus to see if he would heal this man were the people that didn't like him. They were his enemies because they were watching because they wanted to bring an accusation against him because they believed, now listen to this, they really believed that he was going to heal a man on the Sabbath. It's almost like they were saying this, we know his traits, we know his history, and we know that when he's around somebody that needs a healing, he can't help himself. Even on the Sabbath, he's going to want to heal him. Now listen who said that about him. His enemies. The people that didn't like him. And so the fact is, is this, if his enemies think that much of him, then how much more should we? Amen. If his enemies say, watch him, he, he can't help himself. I know it's the Sabbath, but he's, he's just going to, he's going to want to heal this guy. Yeah. Well, that tells me that we Christians who really believe in him, we ought to even more so anticipate good from him. In other words, uh, I'm gonna, I've been looking for Jacqueline and and I don't see her this morning, and it's understood. Jacqueline is a young lady that, of course, I've just met her here recently. And she's been coming to the prayer line. 
the, the last few Sundays. Beautiful little blonde. I mean, I, I turned Paula Men. She's gorgeous. And about 19, 20, okay, she's 22 years old. Uh, they're all young to me. But she's 22 years old and beautiful. Uh, how many people know Jacqueline? Know who I'm talking about? Okay, m mom and daughter come up together. Both of them are blonde-headed, and and it's which one's the mother? And, you know, is this your sister? And all that type of things. What's in my mind? Uh, but I found out Jacqueline is going tomorrow for tests. And tomorrow, and, and that's understood that she's not here today. But she did something that all of us tend to sometimes do, and we seek out more information. We go to online and find out what is this the procedure, you know, what is it going to be, and when I have a hip replacement surgery, what is it going to look like, and all of this. Well, she did, and the test tomorrow, if they come back negative, she's going to have to have a brain surgery, and they are going to cut her open. And she's looked at the scars, and just think of a young lady and now being scarred like that. What I want is her church family, and, and I'm going to ask you to do something, because the Bible tells me that when two or more agree together is touching anything, that the Lord will hear and answer prayer. Her name is Jacqueline, and honestly, I don't even know her last name, and I don't need to know, because God knows who she is. And Jacqueline's going tomorrow for these tests. What I would like is her church family to so pray for her and touch God for her that tomorrow the tests come back, that there's no need for surgery. Amen. And see, I've seen this happen before, yeah. over and over again. Uh, there was a gentleman that came into a prayer line the next day. He was going to have to have spinal fusion. And uh, the doctors did another little test, and they go, wait, something's happened since that last test, and we're not going to have to have the surgery. And I've seen it happen with my brother, who my brother was going to have to have a colostomy and just a terrible cancer surgery. They did one more test, and they found out the cancer was totally gone. He's cancer-free. No need of surgery. My point is, is this. If God's done it before, God can do it again. And now we want very specifically God to do it for Jacqueline. So right now we're praying for no one other than Jacqueline. And we're going to touch faith together for her. Would you pray with me? Father, right now by faith we pray for Jacqueline. We pray, Father, that you would tomorrow give a good report. As she goes through these tests as a preliminary for surgery, may she go through these tests and, Lord, there be a revealing of healing. And Lord, just as your word says that you told the leopards to go show themselves to confirm the healing, Lord, we pray that the test tomorrow would be a confirmation of the healing miracle touch of Jesus Christ. So Lord, we as a congregation, we touch faith together. And Lord, we know that you honor this type of faith. You know, we know you honor this type of agreement. So Lord, as one, we touch faith together. And Lord, so touch, so touch this young lady that, Lord, there's no need of surgery, that every symptom is gone, that, Lord, you did the total work, the complete work as only a loving God can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is good. Can you say amen? Now, there is a, a, another one. Mary's going to be having hip replacement surgery a week from tomorrow. 
and we're going to touch faith for, together for Mary. And I know what she's getting ready to face, and I go, oh, girl, God bless you. And I really, really want to pray for Mary Burns as she goes in for this surgery. I believe God's in console, lead and guide doctors. Thank God for healing. Uh, please listen to me. Some people have a problem with us praying for healing through medicine uh, for some reason. Uh, let me clarify that. The enemy, if he had his way, you would already be dead. He has come but to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy, if he had his way, I would have killed myself. I would have bled to death when I nicked myself shaving this morning. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, my body healed itself. It kind of clotted over, and now that's scabbed up, and it's almost gone. And that's because my body healed itself. There's another form of healing, and it's through medicine, doctors, and technology. And then there's another healing, and that's a miraculous healing. Jesus Christ can so heal to where there's no need for the body to heal itself or the doctors to intervene. But I'm going to tell you this, all three of them come from Jesus. If the devil had his way, we would die. Are you with me? Kill, steal, and destroy. That's his objective. So anything that does not kill, steal, or destroy has come from Jesus Christ. So that's why I believe in healing. Uh, if you're here this morning, you need a healing touch along with Mary. I'm, I'm going to anoint you with oil. We want to pray a prayer of faith for God to minister. So if you would, please come stand with me. Uh, deacons, please come and agree together with us. Anyone else with a passion for prayer, come and join us. God bless your heart.
thank you for the sweetness of your presence, Father. Thank you for your presence. Know that peace comes from the Prince of Peace. Know that victory comes from the source of the victory. Know that you are a conqueror. You are an overcomer. Not because of your strength, but because of the one that you lean upon. Know that in your God, there is victory for every storm. Know that in your God, you are a conqueror in every battle. Know that in your God, you have a victory no matter what enemy you contend with. Lean upon your Lord. Allow your God to be your source and allow Him to bring into your life that blessing that He so desires to give. Thus saith the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. Amen. 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 Bless your heart. You can be seated, Julie, and worship team. Thank you all very, very much. Bless you all. I'm going to have a nose blow break here. Uh, you might want to mute me or if you want to. Or if not, just everybody listen up. When you got to blow, oh, thank you. <clears throat> when you got to blow, you got to blow, you know. <clears throat> She's going to blow. <clears throat> uh, Paul and I would like to say thank you for allowing us to be with you. Uh, we, we have really grown in love with you. And we've appreciated you allowing us to be with you uh, these, through this time. I see nothing but great things ahead. I, I really do. Uh, if you could bring up the screen in the back for me, please. Uh, I, I see God blessing this church. Um, I yesterday uh, added a new Facebook friend. His name is uh, Marcus Truesdale. And uh, I friended him. And, and so I, I want to be available if there's anything, of course, that we can do. But man, I just see great things ahead for this church. And if you would, I'd like to ask you to be please be praying for um, El Reno Assembly of God Church. There's one small Assembly of God Church in El Reno. Their pastor today, 21 years he's been their pastor, is retiring. And so he's retiring today, and I'll be there next Sunday with them. And uh, they run about 30, 35, totally different church set up there. Uh, the building, Paul and I kind of toured the building, and I kept telling her, no, no, because she wanted to rip wallpaper off and wanted to, you know, get rid of this, that, and the other. You know, it, it's, it's totally different, you know. Uh, it's one of the, if you, any, any of you that have been in church very long, you know what, I, what it is when I say a shotgun church. A shotgun church is two, pew, two sets of pews like this and one center aisle, and that's the type of church it is and got a roll of shag carpet down the middle and uh, let me draw the picture uh, god help us but but it's going to be good because we're anticipating god to do a work there i'm going to tell you el reno needs god 
there's a real meth problem in that area. And they really need God. And there's just tiny Assembly of God church there that desperately needs a revival, needs just a, a, a change. And so if you would, when you think about it, I'd like to ask you to please be praying. If y'all can get that screen up for me, that'd be perfect. You, you don't know how. Oh, the storm came through. Okay, so if I turn like this, it's because I'm kind of reminding myself where I'm at. Okay? God is good. Thank you for the offering. I know many times people receive offerings and they tell you know, what they're going to do with it as far as mission. Let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to enjoy it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to blow every penny of it, okay? <laughs> uh, I'm retired and I love it. And, you know, and, and when we get a chance to go do something, we go play. Okay, so that, that's exactly what we're going to do with it. We're going to enjoy it to the fullest. Uh, Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. You know, I love, I love, in fact, if you would, let me, let me ask this, and I'm not doing it for any ulterior motive. I'd like to ask every man to stand, and, and I shouldn't have to define that. If you're not a girl, you're a boy, you know. Now, understand, if you're sitting, you're a girl. Okay, amen. God bless your heart. I appreciate you, man. That took a little longer than I thought it would, you know, but uh, some of you might have that little bit of confusion, and, and I don't think there should be any confusion. Anybody say amen? If God created you a boy, you're still a boy. You're, you're an older boy, but you become a man. And let's talk a little bit about that. Let's have a prayer. Father, I pray your anointing. May there be an anointing upon your word. May our hearts be open to truth. We want nothing but truth. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done right here in Lone Grove. Thank you for where you brought the church. Thank you for the anticipation of where you're taking it. We pray for Marcus Truesdale and his family as they come. And Father, give them favor in this community. Give them favor in the schools. And give them favor with children's ministry, with youth ministry. And God, may this church be a thriving influence for this community. God, take it forward. We thank you for what you've done. We anticipate that that you're about to do. Now, Father, anoint this word, Father, to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, the title of the study this morning is not working. Hallelujah. There is no technology in heaven, and that is not working at all. This is not. Did it work? Okay. Are you advancing it? And, and if you would, would you take it back to the other slide just a moment? And then what I will do is I'll just cue you. Is that okay? Because uh, I know y'all had a storm last night, and there have been storms around. And uh, thank God for his protective hedge. God is good. Okay, every man here, if you would please, let me preach to you. Ladies, I'm going to preach to you also, but I'm going to really target the men. I like to refer to myself as a man, and I have no problem with that. And every guy in here say amen. amen. I have no hang up. I was born male, and I'm going to stay male all my life. Anybody say amen? amen. Now, as a male, uh, me personally, I have no problem with telling people I've got hang ups. Me personally, I've had about every male hang-up you can ever have. We, as males, we are different than females. Yes. I don't try to act like a girl. I don't want to be a girl. 
I was, thank you, Paula. My, my wife is the only amen. She doesn't want me to be a girl. That works real well there. Amen. But if you would, let me bring up the next slide for me, if you would, please. And that is this. I want to share with you some traits that we men have that are kind of, some people call hang-ups, but it's just, honestly, it's a fact, Jack. This is the way it is. We men tend to not express our feelings with a lot of detail and description. Any man say amen? I don't give a lot of detail. You know, when I talk to my wife, I say, please, cut to the chase. I don't want all the details of everything they said, and I don't care what color their shirt was. Just cut to the chase, you know. Um, another trait of men is we are capable of affection, but it doesn't always come natural and easy. I want to be affectionate, you know, with my wife and with my daughters and with my grandsons, but it doesn't always come easy. And um, Paul and I, our relationship has matured to the point, if she wants affection, she tells me and says, come over here, sit down next to me, put your arm around me and tell me something sweet. And then what I do is I go over there, sit down next to her, put my arm around her and tell her something sweet. And, and see, that, that's mature because if it was immature, she would say, I should have to tell you to do it. You know, and if I was immature, I'd go, don't tell me what to do, girl. I'll come over and I'll hug you if I want to. Are you with me? So our relationship has matured. And after 49 years, it ought to. We've learned a lot. Another trait of men is we want to communicate love and devotion, but don't always know the best way to do it. How to communicate that love and devotion. Another thing is we sometimes retreat into our man cave to gather our scattered thoughts and to refocus. Now, a man cave is not a physical location. It is just one that we go to. You know, like, for example, I'll be staring into space and, and just doing nothing. And the reason I'm doing nothing is I've just entered my nothing room. And I'm in my nothing room, and Paula goes, what are you thinking about? And I go, nothing. And, and it just freaks her out. It says, how in the world can you think about nothing? I said, it's just easy. I just draw up nothing. And, it, and it, it aggravates her because she's always thinking about something. But men, man, I love going to my nothing room. Anybody else? Hey, hey, man, hey. I love visiting. I visit it quite often. You know? <clears throat> Another is when we say that we don't care, it doesn't mean that we don't care. It means that we don't have a strong opinion. Like, do you like this necklace or this necklace? I really don't care. And, you know, well, that means I really don't care if it's blue. I don't care if it's purple. I don't care if it's green. Man, wear whatever you want to wear. You know, just put it on and cover it up. But the reality is it's, it's not that, you know, I don't care. I just really don't have a strong opinion. Anybody, you men, you men are nodding with me. They, yep, that's it. Okay. These are hang-ups that every one of us men we all share them. Uh, if you would, I find in Scripture, bring up the next slide if you would, I find in Scripture the best example to help us understand the expectations of a father. That's the title of the message, the expectations of a father. In the expectations of the father, I, I see them in the prayer that Jesus gave us as a pattern prayer. Now, I don't believe that Jesus was saying, pray this prayer every day, word for word. I don't believe that was his intent. I believe Jesus' intent was to give us a pattern for prayer. And so if you would please go with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. 
Jesus says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now there I learned from Jesus in his relationship with the Father and in his instruction and prayer expectations that we dads, we fathers, should place upon ourselves. The number one, if you would please bring it up, brother, number one is a father is approachable. Every father here, one of the heartbeats of a dad, should be that your kids, your grandkids, as a father, that they see you as approachable. In verse 9, Jesus instructed to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Notice Jesus didn't instruct, pray this way. He didn't say, say, God, I'm afraid to approach you in prayer due to you being the great God, judge, ruler of the universe. That isn't what he said. Jesus didn't say, pray like this, God, I know I've messed up and you really don't want me to come into your presence because I'm such a sinner. Jesus didn't say that. Je Jesus didn't say, God, I haven't prayed nor read my Bible like I should. I have not witnessed to the lost like I know I should. But if you wouldn't mind, can I approach you in prayer? He didn't say that. He said, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. He said, call God Father. Boy, I love that. Call him Dad. See, Father is the relationship God wants with you. Isn't that great? That meant more than what you let on. I said, Father is the relationship God wants with you. And thank God for that. Now, don't, now you may think you had a lousy father. Don't judge God based on on a, a lousy father that you might have had. God is not a lousy father. Uh, it, it is not this. It is not great God, judge, ruler of the universe whom I have disappointed and now I anticipate your condemnation and I anticipate your disappointment and I anticipate your possible rejection. That's not how you approach him. Uh, what a lousy father God would be if, if we believed him to be like earthly fathers, many are. What a lousy father we would be if our children approached us in fear. Uh, notice with me. What a lousy father we would be if our children were afraid to approach us, if our children expected our condemnation, if our children believed their mistakes resulted in our rejection. What a lousy father we would be if our children avoided us because we, they haven't done all the do's that we wanted them to do. That would make us lousy fathers. Um, we need to stop judging God as a lousy father. He's a good father. Jesus said to approach him with this love. And in Psalm chapter 100, if you would bring that up for me. In, in Psalm chapter 100, I see the way to approach God. 
The, the, if, you, if you wanted a textbook message of how to approach God, go to Psalm 100. It says this, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and we are the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. And i got to say, Amen. amen. Notice with me, come into His presence with singing. You know, come, come happy into the presence of the Lord. Uh, and when you come into His presence, enter His gates with thanksgiving, enter His courts with praise. This is how we approach God. Uh, we recognize Him as a Father. Now, as a kid, I know many of you may be like me, but as a kid, we never had a, what would be called a purebred dog. I didn't know what a purebred dog was. Anybody else? The dogs that we had were, uh, I lived in Tulsa as a kid growing up, and in the Tulsa World newspaper, which, you know, they don't have a whole lot of newspapers anymore. Man, that's, man I'm an old dude, aren't I? But uh, I remember when I was a kid, they had in that newspaper a section called giveaways. And we'd look in the newspaper and find the giveaways, and there'd be people giving away dogs, and they'd put a little ad, a free ad. They gave you a free ad if it was a giveaway, and we'd go there, or we'd have a stray that would show up. You feed it two or three times, the next thing you know, you just adopted a dog. And that's how we got our dogs. I remember one time I had a dog, and her name was Ginger, and Ginger was a German Shepherd mix. And honestly, I can tell you today, of all the dogs I've ever had, she's probably my favorite. And she was just a stray dog. But Ginger would do this. She would, you'd call her or something, or she'd see you and want, want to come up and be pet. And she'd just run up to you, and then she'd get about 10 feet away from you. And then she'd cow down and almost kind of crawl up to you and come up next to you and stand there. And then when you reached out your hand to touch her, she'd go. <laughs> because she'd been abused. Somebody had beat that dog, and she was just flinching just because I'd reached out to pet her. Now, people would come over, and they would see her, and they would look at me like I'd abused my dog, you know? And, and this is what I'd say. I'd say, oh, it wasn't me. It, it was her previous owner. I, I, I didn't do it. Somebody else did it. I, I believe that that same trait is with God. There's a tendency for us to approach God anticipating Him hitting us. And then God reaches out and you flinch. And I believe God wants to say, oh, wait, wait. It wasn't me. It was their previous owner. I'm going to tell you, the devil hates you. The devil has abused you. Uh, the enemy, the enemy, he brings harm and hurt. But we can't judge our God based on what the enemy has done to us. Uh, don't flinch. Don't anticipate God's judgment. Don't, don't anticipate his abuse. Don't judge him like that. See, I understand you and I, now you may not like this phrase, and it does sound a little bit weird, but it is true. We judge God. We do. All of us do. 
You judge God as merciful, as full of grace, as loving God, or you judge God as a vengeful, jealous, hateful, retaliating God. Are you with me? All of us do. Now, what I see is this. God is not mad at you. And thank God He's not. God is not ready to pounce on you. Can anybody say amen? amen? God has not been abusive to you. God has not been abusive to you. I know some people want to blame God for everything bad. They, you know, like weather comes through and man, God destroyed this, God did that. You know, and why, why do people want to blame God for everything bad and never give Him any credit for anything good? Uh, you should approach God with gladness. Uh, you should come into His presence with singing and thanksgiving and praise. Uh, you should approach God with the joy of declaring His holiness. He is God. And the relationship you have with Him is Father. I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, my two daughters that I raised, Paul and I were the most important relationship they had prior to marriage. And that's the way it ought to be. Anybody say amen? For your kids, the most important relationship in their life should be mom and dad. It should be. If there's no abuse going on, if there's no garbage, none of the junk that goes on in our culture. I mean, a mom and dad in love with each other and together in love with Jesus Christ, loving their kids, the most important relationship in the lives of those kids are mom and dad. I can tell you that's how it was for my daughters. Uh, for my daughters, they sought our approval. You know, Paul and I put them through college, and uh, we really doted on our girls. We, we poured into their lives. And my girls needed to know that their dad, their daddy, they call me daddy, they still do, and uh, I've already, you know, talked to them. But, but the reality is, is they need to believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have their best interest at heart. I want my girls taken care of. Now, I'll be honest with you, there was a time in their history, there's something that happens to eighth grade girls. It's like their brains are sucked out, you know? And, and I've, as a youth pastor, I always said, and, and of course, over the years, I've related with a lot of teenagers. We had about 100 teenagers in our youth group at Sand Springs, and I was there for 13 years as a youth pastor, so I can tell you a whole lot about kids. But the one thing that I learned is there's nothing more cruel than an eighth grade girl. And if you've ever raised one, you're sitting there going, yeah, remember it, remember it well. I remember at that time, it was the most difficult time for me as a dad wanting to pour into my babies, my girls. They, they reached this point that they kind of want to push you away. What I had to do was this. There's such a thing called altruistic love. Altruistic love means you expect nothing in return. You're just going to love them. I tell you, I took that same lesson and applied it to my grandsons. And I'm just going to love those guys. I'm going to pour into them. I'm going to hug them. And, and, and the reality is, is this is what I found. For the most part, a 15-year-old boy won't come up and say, Hey, Papa, give me a hug. Come here. You know, hug me. Or, Nana, hug me. Come here. For the most part, they won't. But I'll tell you something, they really want it. They want that affection. And if you'll do it when they're little and build into it, what you'll find later on when they're 20 like mine are now, one of the first things they do when they come in the door is come up and hug Papa and Nana. 
They want that love. They're desperate for it. But what we've got to be is, we've got to be, number one, we've got to be approachable. They've got to know that if they extend this to you, they're not going to get this. And what you need to do, if you're the adult in the room, what you need to do is you need to be the one going like this, even if they're going like that. Because you need to, oh, come on, yeah, that's okay, man, Papa loves you. And then if you'll do it enough, and if you'll be consistent with it enough, next thing you know, they're going to be the one going like this. Because they really want it. They need someone desperately that they could approach. And dad, you need to be approachable. Number two, what I see in Jesus' teaching is a father wants to provide. Notice with me verse 10. He said, pray this way. This is the relationship with God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, it's not wrong for you to desire for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. It's not wrong. In heaven, God is completely sovereign. In heaven, everything is done according to God's will. I'm going to tell you this. Here on earth, God is still sovereign. Amen? But I'm going to tell you beyond a shadow of doubt, not everything is done according to His will. Are you with me? We're living in an anti-God culture. Um, we should pray for and expect your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, if you will, next slide. Revelation 4 and 11. In heaven the Lord is magnified as the only one worthy of glory and honor. That's heaven. If you will, in heaven there is no sickness, there is no pain, there is no disease. Can anybody say amen? Uh, when we pray for, if you will, 1 Corinthians 15 and 53, uh, in heaven for this corruptible will put on incorruption, this mortal will put on immortality. We're going to have a body that doesn't age. We're going to have a body that doesn't grow old. It's going to be, have what's called immortality. It's going to last forever. So we're going to really trade up. I'm ready for my trade. Anybody else? Amen. And so the reality is, it's okay for me to pray for that now. God, heal Mary and get her, get her after this hip surgery back weed eating. Yeah. <laughs> Are you with me? I, and I, I say that because she likes to weed eat. You know, she's told me that a couple times. I go, man, girl, come on my house. You want to weed eat? You know? <laughs> but it's okay to pray on earth. As it is in heaven, if you will, in Revelation 21 and 4, in heaven there's no sorrow, there's no grief, there's no tears. It's okay for you to want to have peace, joy. Anybody say amen? amen. If you would bring up the next slide in Revelation 21, 21, in heaven there is no poverty or want. If you remember with me, the, the gates are pearl and the streets are gold. To me personally, that's no poverty, no want. It's okay for you to ask God to provide for your needs and to be able to prosper you. Paul and I have been broke, and we got married, and we were going to live on love. That lasts about two weeks. <laughs> you know, and the, the reality is, is we moved, we got married in Marlowe, Oklahoma, Church of Christ Church. They're on Highway 81. If you ever go 81 through Marlowe, they're on the west side. It's a little small uh, Church of Christ Church, and that's where Paul and I got married. And we were both 19 years old, and I paid for the first month's rent in a house in Sand Springs that had been converted to an apartment at the end of World War II. Wow. 
our, future, our furniture was early attic. It came out of somebody's attic. And, and man, we were, we were in love. I was making, I think, $400 a month, and, and we were broke. Uh, I've been broke, and I have been financially blessed. Me personally, I would rather live financially blessed than broke. Anybody say amen? Uh, when broke, now this is really broke. Some people, they say they're broke and they just don't want to draw their $10,000 out of savings account. That's not broke. Broke is when you're buying gas or baby formula. Now you're broke. I've been there, and I know some of you have too. Thank God we don't have to stay there. God does want to meet our need. God does want to provide for us. In heaven, there's no separation from God due to sin or failure. Revelation 22, 14, and 15. All of that failure is kept out of the gate of heaven. See, God, God's will for your life, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, God wants to bless you. It is okay for us to ask our Father for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. Can you say amen? It's okay to do that. And in fact, Jesus instructs us to pray this way. And then also note verse 11. Uh, he says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, please listen to that. Give us. Me, I, I look at that first because I like to step back from Scripture and look, like, look at it from a perspective as if this was the very first time I saw that. And, now, and, and when I see that, it sounds almost rude. Jesus is saying, tell God, give us. It sounds almost disrespectful. But please understand, children expect their father to meet their needs. They expect it. And they should expect it. You see, being a father is more than being able to have the capacity of making a baby. Pausing for an amen. Uh, being a father is more than having the mechanics necessary to be able to get a lady pregnant. Okay? Being a father is much more than that. Please, let's understand this. Notice how Jesus instructed in, in making this request. He said, again, give us. And it's like me saying, give me. Give me my daily bread. Because I'm taking away the plural. Because when I pray, I'm praying for me. Give me. Okay, now get that. Uh, notice with me. I believe it is us having the faith in God that we should expect our daily bread from Him. It's like I'm asking God for something I know that you want to give me. So give me. Okay, uh, give me us our daily bread. Give us what we require to live. Give us what we need to be healthy. Give us what will help us to shine for you. Are you with me? He wants to give us. Uh, give us con overcoming peace and joy. Give us victory over depression, over fear. Give it to me, Lord. Amen. He invites you to say that. Pray, give me. It's not maybe if you might possibly want to no. Know that he wants to. You just take the bold faith and say, God, give it to me, please. I added the please because I've got to be a little bit more respectful, right? But God, give it to me, please. Understand, number one, God is a good father and he teaches us how to be a good father. Are you with me? 
Here I'm learning from God. Number one, a father's approachable. Number two, a father wants to provide. And number three, a father wants to forgive. This is a hard one. Notice with me verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Jesus wants us to both ask for forgiveness and to give forgiveness. See, the reality is you should not expect God to forgive you if you're not willing to forgive someone else. In fact, that's verse 14. For if you forgive men for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Turn it around. If you don't forgive men their transgressions, then your heavenly Father will not forgive Are you with me? Please understand this. It is very manly, very manly to forgive. In fact, I'm going to tell you the thing that you and I get to do that's most like God is forgive. Uh, anyone can hold on to an offense. Anyone can remember all the bad done to them by someone else. Anyone can hate and retaliate. That's easy. Anybody can do that. Anyone can repay pain for pain and hurt for hurt. Anybody can do that. It is very manly to forgive. See, for some reason, the, the lie of the enemy in, in masculinity is that to be masculine, you've got to be hateful. You've got to be mean. To be masculine, you've got to cuss, and you've got to be this and that. And I'm going to tell you, that's a lie of the enemy. I'm going to tell you, the most masculine man on the planet, well, I'm going to tell you, who was the most masculine? Jesus. Jesus was the most masculine man on the planet. He could at any time destroyed the whole planet itself. Uh, but the fact was, he was meek and mild and merciful. What is meek? Meek is power under control. Can anybody say amen? amen. I'm a, I've managed health clubs so over the years, and I've almost always had a black belt in karate on staff to do uh, karate training and things, because it, it's very popular in some of the gyms in the Tulsa area. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, over my years, the people that were the most meek were the black belts in karate, the toughest guys in the gym. Uh, the ones that were all cocky and walked around like they shaved their armpits <laughs> were the guys about 130 pounds. Masculinity is power under control. If you will, fathers should want to forgive. Someone needs to begin the restoring of a relationship. And man, if you're in that home, if you're aware of it, it's on you. Someone needs to begin the process of healing. And man, if you're going to man up, it's you. Fathers following God's example want to begin this process towards forgiveness. Verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, anyone that knows God and anything about God knows that God does not want us led into temptation. Can you say amen? Anyone that knows anything about God knows that God does not want to see us bound by evil. Can you say amen? Anyone that knows anything about God knows that he does not want the evil one to have victory in our lives. Can you say amen? Okay, Jesus knows a lot about God. Because Jesus is God the Son. Are you with me? 
So I, again, I sit back from this prayer and just try to look, like, look at it like it's the very first thing. And I see Jesus praying, telling us to pray this way. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us. And I'm going to say, everybody knows that. But there must be something else that Jesus is teaching us. And notice where he said this. The request comes between two verses focusing on forgiveness. Are you with me? You have two verses, focus, forgiveness. And in between it, he talks about don't being led into temptation by the enemy. Could it be that the emphasis here is, and I believe it is, is forgiveness. Uh, don't let me be tempted with hate. Don't let me be tempted with anger and get even. Don't let me do anything that I'll later regret. Uh, don't let me allow the evil one to cause me to hurt someone. I don't want to hurt them. My natural tendency is blow for blow, hit for hit, and you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. But the reality is now, don't let evil forgive. Instead, give a heart like the heart of God. Be willing to forgive. See, that's a man. That's, that's the man. That's very manly. Manly is not retaliation. Manly is not blow for blow, hit for hit, and cuss for cuss, and yak for yak, and whatever. It, it, it is not. Manly is a Christian man wanting to be like God. You step back and evaluate it and say, I don't want the enemy to have a victory here. Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. I don't want to respond and allow. See, many times in counseling, I hear people use this phrase. They say that I just totally lost control. I lost control. And then they said that they did something then. I lost control. And now listen to me. If you're not in control, and you know God wasn't in control, then the question is, who was in control? The evil one. They said, man, I just lost control. And when I lost control, I just did something so stupid. And man, I so regret it now. And I, I'm about to destroy my, my marriage, my kids, and everything's just about over. I just totally, completely lost control. And the outcome reveals God wasn't in it. God didn't want you hit her. God didn't want you to act like that. that that's not of God. And you weren't in control. So you opened the door and you allowed the evil one to come in. Man, this is us. God is a good God. He is a good Father. He is the example that you and I need. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good husband. Uh, I'm now, in fact, today is the birthday of my very first granddaughter. By marriage. As she's 20, she's 20 years old today. I text her this morning and I said, Happy birthday, sweet Hannah from Papa. You're my very first granddaughter. 20 years old. And I want her to know, and she, well, her text back was real sweet. Thank you, Papa. Love you. I, I've got three brand new girls in my life because I've got three grandsons that had girlfriends that are now 
getting ready. The other one is Indonesia. I've got a grandson in Indonesia, and tomorrow, the 25th. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, no, that's a, today's 18th. Next week, the 25th. On the 25th, on a volcano in Indonesia, he's going to propose to his girlfriend. Yeah, now you got to know Carter. Carter's my grandson, and, and they both go to Evangel. They're both on a missions trip in Indonesia. And, and his plan is, and of course, he said, it's a secret, Papa. And then I talk to somebody else, and they say, you know what Carter's going to do? Well, not much secret. Everybody else knows about it. And, and so the reality is, is they're going to go to, in Indonesia from a vol volcano. He's going to get down on one knee. He's already got his ring with her, and he's going to propose to her. Thank you. Oh, that's kind of sweet. You know? And I've got my other grandson that's going to get married July 22nd, and the other one just got married, so that's three of the five. The other two I'm really kind of concerned about, but I really pray them through. And the right girl's going to come along. I'm, come on, guys, get on the stick. You've got to find one. But the reality is three are there. And now I've got three more that I want to know. Papa's approachable. And I can tell you, all three of them now call me Papa. And all three of them, the first thing they do when they walk in the house is come give Paul and I a hug. Okay, that doesn't come naturally. You've got to work at that, Dad. Father, you've got to work at that. Now, I know there's a tendency for us to go, oh, wait, I, I, I'm just not that way. Well, get over it. <laughs> Become that way. Just because you're not that way doesn't mean you don't need to be that way. You know, well, I, I can't be real affectionate to my life. Well, start being affectionate. Because trust me, somebody, the, the, what we've seen statistically is teenage pregnancy and divorce go up at the same rate. You take a father out of the home, and you got a young girl being raised by a single parent, and she craves the attention of a male figure in her life. And the next thing you know, she's craving the attention of that boy who takes advantage of her. And the next thing you know, she becomes pregnant. And so the teenage pregnancy rate goes up with the divorce rate because they're craving the affection of an adult male. And if they can't get it from daddy, they're going to get it somewhere. I made up my mind, my girls are going to get the daddy's affection. Because I don't want some hairy-legged boy giving it to them. Anybody say amen? I want them to know Daddy loves them. This is a challenge from God the Father. He wants us as dads to be, number one, to be approachable. He wants us as dads to be motivated to provide for them. They know they're going to be taken care of because of Dad. Number three, they want fathers to always, always be able to forgive. It's a challenge, but I love the role. Can any dad say amen? amen. I, love, I love the role. Let's have prayer. Father, thank you for the challenge of your word this morning. Thank you that I can call you Father. Thank you that you're not distant and far removed, but you're very near. Thank you that you care. You're a good God. I enter into your presence with thanksgiving, and I enter into your presence with praise. I praise your name. I thank you, Lord, that right here, this morning, this congregation, 
can know that there's a good God that wants a personal relationship with them. Father, break down every wall, remove every barrier, take away every obstacle that would hinder any coming to you. I pray any that are here this morning that need Jesus, that this would be their day to come to you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I want to give an opportunity for salvation. You're here this morning. You, hear, you heard a message about a loving God who wants a relationship with you. He wants to be your father. I'd love to have a sinner's prayer with you seated right there where you are. I'd love to lead you to Christ. If you're here this morning, this is your morning. This you know. You need that personal relationship with him. Would you raise your hand right now? Because I'm going to lead you in prayer. Any in this congregation, you're away from Jesus. You need Jesus this morning. Would you raise your hand right now? Because I'd love to lead you to the Lord. I scan the congregation. I don't see any hands. I'm going to do this then. I'm going to take it one next step. And that is, you joined us by way of live stream. And you need Jesus. I'd love to lead you in a prayer of salvation. And this congregation is going to lead you in this prayer. And if you'll pray this prayer, meaning it from your heart, right now, this morning, you're accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Congregation, if you would, please lead these to Christ. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Father but that I place my trust in. In Jesus' name, amen. And God be the glory. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? I'd like to invite every... Now, please hear me. Um, I'm told that these are... Uh, Christy... Um, where's Christy? There's Christy. These are Lowe's cards? Or, okay, how much are they? $10? Wow. $10 low card. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I said, that's pretty cool, isn't it? I'll take them if you don't want them. <laughs> I'm really, you know, I tell Paula, not everybody gets my sense of humor. I, I really go into some churches, they get hacked off at me. But I really appreciate you. And one of the things, this is our closing time with y'all. I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that Paula over and over tells other people when they find out where we're at. Paula says, she says this, they're my people. They're my people. I was raised in that area, you know, and they're my people. So we really have, really have enjoyed being with you. And, and, I, and, and at the same time, I'm going to say, I am so excited that today's my last day. You know, you know, and not that I'm leaving you, but that you're getting ready to get your new pastor. And man, that's, that's what this has all been about. Amen. And God has brought you so far and thank God for that. I would like to ask every male. Okay, if you're not a girl, you're a male. And I'd like to ask, I don't care how old you are. The, the thing, I don't like minimizing. Uh, one of the things I've never tried to never do with my grandsons is call them boys. Because boy has become such a derogatory term. I call, I call them young men. You know, well, all you young men. So if you're not a girl, you're a man. Okay, just get ready for it. I think we in the church, we need to really emphasize that because we want them to be men. Okay? I don't care how old you are. You're a man. Okay, if you would, please, if you're a man, you get a lowest card, man. Come over here and get it. Let's stand across the front here. All the men, would you please come? And could a couple of ladies come and help Paula? Let me give these to you, Paul. 
a couple of ladies come and help Paula hand these out to all the men. God bless the men. Come on up here, guys. Bless your hearts. All you men. Bless the Lord. Love it. Yeah, pass them out, ladies. Go, go ahead, please. Yeah, get, get, get them passed out, please. <laughs> hey, hey, Paula, right here in the middle. She's, she's got, right here in the middle, these guys. Okay, hey, hey, Paula. I, don't be mine. I got one. I go to Lowe's too. I got Lowe's, uh, a Lowe's half a mile from my house, man. Really, it's amazing. Okay, ladies, now I'm going to ask you to do something for me. We challenge the men today. Can you say amen, ladies? Now let's pray for them. Let's pray for God to help them. Would you stretch your hand this way? Father, we pray for the men of this church. Father, thank you for the leadership that is here. And we pray that even more leadership, more leaders would come. Help these men, Father, as they lead this church. I pray that you would bless their homes, bless their families, bless their finances. God, help them. We pray for the deacon board. We pray for the future Sunday school teachers. For those that are going to be involved in youth ministry, children's ministry, take every ministry of this church forward and bless these men as they lead. Father, honor them, bless them, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, ladies, would you put your hand together and be a blessing to them. Bless your heart. Love you all. Thank you. Bless your heart. Thank you for letting us be here with you.